Today's episode is brought to you by CBDMD. Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done, but do not worry because our good friends over at CBDMD have exactly what you need to help you unwind and sleep harder than all-star voters slept on BAM on a bio. Sleep PM bath salts fuse superior CBD with melatonin and a mixture of Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bathtub into a luxurious spa experience and give you the relaxation you desperately deserve. And to make it even easier to relax, regroup, and recharge, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of Superior CBD products from cbdmd.com, promo code NBA, 25% off. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host and founder of BricktownBuckets.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O-Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show... We're going to talk about the biggest storylines heading into the second half of the season. We're halfway done with the NBA season. We've got one half to play, but still a lot of things to look forward to and a lot of storylines to follow. So we can start with the trades, and the trades are going to be the hot topic for the next couple of weeks here as we lead into that March 25th trade deadline. And the Thunder, I think, are going to for sure trade George Hill and Trevor Reese. I think that those two would – I'd be surprised – if the Thunder didn't make a move to, to trade those two. Uh, so those guys are probably going to be for sure gone. Trevor Ariza seems like a kind of trade that will be like a protected second-round pick going back to L.A. or uh, to another contending team, again, for like a protected second-round pick. No big deal there. Uh, for George Hill, I really like Philly for him, especially now with reports coming out that, you know, the Kyle Lowry scenario that, that Philadelphia fans have been dreaming of is not going to be realistic, and that's not really going to happen uh, as of now. So I think George Hill fits them really well. But I think that George Hill fits every team really well. Any team who wants to make a push and who wants to compete this year needs a George Hill. Every team can use a George Hill. So I think that he's going to be gone, but I, I really like Philadelphia for him. I like some other teams for him as well, but Philadelphia makes a lot of sense. Al Horford being traded, though, is one of the storylines to follow. I think that it's becoming clear that it's easier to trade out Horford than I thought it would be in season because of the salary, because of the money. I thought it was going to be really hard, and I thought that it was going to be almost undoable to trade him because of the contract within the season. Uh, but there's becoming more of a pathway to trade him in season now. And the question becomes for Oklahoma City, do you trade him now and lose value on an Al Horford trade, or do you hold on to him and squeeze out all the possible value from an Al Horford trade and maybe get a first-round pick? So here's the deal, right? The Thunder have a treasure trove of first-round picks, and I, I do not subscribe to the theory that you can ever have enough first-round picks or you can ever have too many first-round picks, but 
it's a case-by-case basis, right? So Al Horford, if you trade him right now for less than a first-round pick, which you which you hope or think you can get in the offseason, if you trade him right now for less than a first-round pick and it ends up being a second-round pick and a flyer player here and a salary filler there, at that point, the value of trading Al Horford and becoming a worse team and becoming higher in the lottery is equal, if not greater, than a future first-round pick that may not convey or maybe from a really good team, so it won't even matter. Like the, the value of picking the top seven of this draft is so incredible because even if you lose out on Cade Cunningham, you're going to get a Jalen Green. You're going to get a Jalen Suggs. You're going to get Jonathan Kaminga. I mean, you're going to get Evan Mobley, who, who Richard Stamen compares to Kevin Durant as a joke on our last podcast. You're going to get to one of these superstar type of players who, who are going to change your franchise. And if you fall below that seven mark, all because you want to keep around Al Horford and you you will hope that Al Horford can get you a first-round pick in 2030 that's heavily protected and, and may not convey and and who knows what happens in 2030 if we're even still here, that wouldn't seem all that wise if there's a trade on the table right now for a little bit less value but for more value to this overall team. Because the value here of getting a Cade Cunningham or of getting a Jalen Green or of getting a Jalen Suggs the value in doing that is incredibly greater than getting a first round pick in the future that you already have a billion of, right? You're not, you're not desperate for first round picks at this point. So I, I think that with that, I would trade out Horford if there's a trade available, but again, is there a trade available? So that is the other question. So it's not automatically a bad thing. If they keep out Horford, that might just mean that there's no trade available. But if, if the trade's on the table, that makes somewhat sense and you are just hoping you can get a, a first-round pick later on in the offseason, that's where we'd start to differ at that point. And then the last one on the block, I think, is Mike Muscala. I think that Mike Muscala can provide real value to a, a playoff team. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see any players get moved outside of SGA, Dort, Baisley, Poku, Maldon. Outside of that group of guys, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see anyone get moved. But I think that the clear cut on the black guys would be back Muscala and Ariza and Horford and Hill. Uh, Muscala has been really good shooting the ball. I think he can help a team off the bench, but it's just hard to know what the value is for him for other teams. I think he plays solid enough defense to not be a liability to where he can be a part of that eight-man rotation that teams run in the postseason where they shrink your rotation and they limit the players that are going to be out there. I think that the ability he brings offensively is greater than the wet drop-off you'd see defensively. So I still think there's a place for Mike Muscala on a playoff team. We'll just see if the rest of the league feels that way. So that's kind of the trade category of the big storylines to follow in the second half. And again, it's even greater than that because I don't think that anyone's untouchable outside of those guys we mentioned before, Poku, Maldon, SGA, Dort, Baisley. But I I don't see them trading Roby or or Kenny Hustle or anything like that. It wouldn't be earth-shattering. I just wouldn't predict it. So those are the guys I think that are being shopped around right now for Oklahoma City. But what about on-the-court stuff for the Oklahoma City Thunder? My first storyline to watch for on the court is Tail Maldon. I want to see what he does in the second half, and I think that you you have to monitor the, the rookie wall, and if he runs into that rookie wall and maybe he doesn't look as sharp as he did in the first half whenever he's getting into the second half of the season. To this point, he's been really great, and I don't think that the second half will define him if it's a bad second half, but just monitoring that rookie wall will be interesting. I personally don't see him hitting that rookie wall. I think that he's a professional, uh, and he's has he has that advantage of, of being a professional, right? He has the advantage of being in this spot before and knowing 
what it takes to make it through an entire season and not get fatigued and not hit that wall. So I don't think it'll happen, but still, you want to monitor that with any 19-year-old and any rookie uh, that's just now entering the NBA. I liked him out a lot. I think it'll be starting a lot in the second half, if not the entire second half, uh, depending on whenever George Hill gets back from injury and if they trade him or when they trade him. And the most fun lineups involve Taylor Maldon. The most fun lineups on this team involve Taylor Maldon and SGA together, and you're going to get to see a lot of that moving forward, in my opinion. And that's going to be awesome to watch. I hope that we see a lineup eventually of SGA, Maldon, and Jerome on the floor together. That will be incredible. That will be must-see TV, so I'm excited for that possibility moving forward. But seeing how teams adjust to him a little bit in the second half of his rookie year and seeing how he adjusts to teams will be fun to monitor throughout this first half, or second half, I should say, from the first half. And then another one real quick is Moses Brown. I want to see if Moses Brown gets more minutes because he had a really good G League. You know, he was averaging a double-double, and I do think it's unfair to just say, oh, he only did that because he's so tall. He did show flashes. He did show signs of being really good in the post and and, and having more of a skill set than just being tall. Uh, granted, being really tall and bigger than anyone else helps a lot. I mean, it helps to be bigger than everyone else on the floor, but... He did more than just be big. And so I, I want to see what he can do in some NBA minutes on that two-way contract as he's back with the Oklahoma City Thunder. But coming up, we're going to get to Darius Baisley, Josh Hall, Ty Jerome, SGA, all the guys to look forward to in the second half. We're also going to say see what you should monitor around the NBA as it impacts the Oklahoma City Thunder in the second half. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Blue Chew. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a functional cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain confidence in the bedroom for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescriptive service, so there's no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a very discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers help you with finding the right ingredient and strength for your prescriptions. Do not like swallowing pills. No problem here. BlueChew, cellophane, and telephane. Tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they are prepared and shipped directly, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got this special offer for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON. So receive a first month free at BlueChew.com. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's podcast. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, there was a lot of player movement in the NFL on Tuesday. Who were the winners and losers from that? Get to know all the sport news you need in less time with the new Locked On Today podcast. Follow Locked On Today podcast on radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts from. So check that out for all of your latest news around sports. We get back to the Thunder Talk right now, and we'll start with... What I find to be the most interesting storyline of the second half, I think that the most interesting part of the second half will be Darius Baisley and seeing if Darius Baisley can bounce back from a lackluster first half of the season. Look, there was a ton of reasons for that, right? I mean, there was a ton of reasons. He's adjusting to a new role. He's a starter now. Uh, He took on more of a defensive role this year, trying to lock down some of the 
best scores on the other team each and every night. And he's taking on a new role offensively in general that, that he's kind of not used to. Darius Baisley can do everything that you want a modern forward to do. He can handle the ball. He can pass. He can shoot a little bit. He can finish at the rim. He can get to the free throw line. He can defend. He has too many average to above average to good to great traits to not be a good player. Right? He can do almost everything above average or good. Whenever he puts all of those skills together, he has to be able to perform at a, at a good level. I think that you have to believe in that because he's so good at everything else individually. If you isolate his passing, he's really good for his position. If you isolate his ball handling, he's exceptional for his position. If you isolate the rebounding, he's incredible this season. That's the one thing that you can bank on this year throughout the ups and downs is that he's going to be a really good rebounder. The shooting's really good for his size in his past, and he's going to turn it around this year, you'd hope that you can see more of that that you saw in the bubble. I think that you saw in the latter half of the first half him becoming more aggressive at the rim and not relying on layups and actually going there with a purpose of dunking and going there with a purpose of attacking strong at the rim. That's a great thing for his development. He just has too many pieces not to be a good player. So I think that this was a rough first half for sure. I do think that he'll bounce back in the second half. I still think that he can be a part of your foundation and a, and a building block for this franchise, as I've called him since May, building block Baisley. Uh, obviously, the first half is off to a rocky start. I thought he could be a guy that you know averages the second most points on the team, and I thought he could be a double-double machine, but that has not happened just yet. I still believe that it's in there somewhere, and it starts with the second half and getting some momentum heading into year three, where a lot of guys make a big jump into year three. I think Baisley can pull it off. I want to see him be more efficient. In this second half, that's kind of my big thing. I don't really care about the counting stats. I don't care about a certain goal of like 20 points or 10 rebounds or whatever. I, I want to see him do whatever he does on the floor efficiently. I think that that's going to be the key for basically success moving forward, not necessarily how many points he can have or how many how many rebounds he can have, but how efficient can he be when he's selecting what shot to take and, and when he's trying to find his groove in the flow of an offense. Can he shoot league average? Can, can he shoot above league, league average? I want to see that from Baisley. And again, the the whole going to the rim strong and realizing that he has this immense athletic potential to where he can dunk more often than he lays it up. I think that that's where he kind of found success later on is just going there to dunk and not going there to lay it up. I want him to see, I want to see him continue to do that moving forward. Uh, real quick on Josh Hall as we wrap up the two-way guys, we talked about Moses Brown earlier. I just want to see Josh Hall on the floor. I think Josh Hall has a lot of talent. I think he has a lot of basketball ability. I want to see him be able to get healthy and get on the floor to display that. We'll see if he can do that moving forward. The knee thing, the nice thing is it's tricky. So I, I don't want him to rush back though, because knee, knee issues, you never want to rush because that can result in some serious injuries. And you've heard from even at Horford, how great this thunder training staff is and how, and how much that they prepare and how much that they take care of their players. So I don't have that as an issue for Josh Hall. I just want to see him on the floor again. Cause I think that he can be a really special talent on that two way contract. Uh, for Ty Jerome, he's another headline grabber in this second half of the season. I want to see him continue to keep his hot streak alive from beyond the arc and space the floor in that way. And again, I want to see more laps with him in it. I want to see him play more. I want to see him with SGA. I want to see him with Tail Maldon. I want to see him with all three of them together. I want to see lineups that have SGA, Tail Maldon, Ty Jerome, Darius Baisley, Isaiah Rope. I want to see like these weird lineups that just have a ton of youth on the floor and see how they can all mesh together. I think that Ty Jerome 
can play his way in the second half into uh, the future with Oklahoma City. And look, we, we say that a lot, right? Oh, he's going to be a part of the future. He's going to be a part of the future. You only have so many roster spots, right? Think about it in this realm, right? This team is here for this year. But for the future, you have to have roster spots next year for SGA, Lou Dort, Tao Maldon, Poku, Baisley. That, that's just a non-starter. It has to happen. Those guys must have roster spots. You also will have five picks this year. Now, will you use all five? Who knows? But you are at least going to use the two first-round picks, the Oklahoma City pick, and then whichever you end up with, if it's Miami or Houston. You're at least going to use those. You're going to use the 31st overall pick if the if the Golden State pick does not convey to a first-round pick. You get Minnesota's 31st overall pick. You're going to use that one. So that's at least three draft picks that you're going to have on the roster to go along with those locks. And quickly, you're running out of space. You're running out of roster spots for this team next year. And some of these guys who you're falling in love with right now and who you really like watching right now will not be able to make the cut. It's just going to simply be a numbers crunch. You're going to have to bring back Hamadou Diallo, right? You're not going to bring back Justin Jackson. You're not going to bring back Darius Miller. You're not going to, of course, bring back Trevor Reza. That takes up that, that that eliminates three roster spots right there to kind of counterbalance things. And then, of course, even if you trade Al Horford and trade George Hill, you're going to get a, a player back for them that's on the actual roster. You got to find a way to kind of maneuver that as well. So, so there's a lot of moving parts in the offseason as we've seen this year. Your roster will turn over constantly, and some of these guys that that you love watching right now and that are fun to watch are not going to be able to make the cut after all that's said and done. And so this second half is so important for guys like Ty Jerome. It's so important for guys like Kendrick Williams and, and for guys like Isaiah Roby, and specifically you know, Roby and Williams, because Ty Jerome has the benefit of having that kind of first-round contract where he has that $2 million as a club option next year, then $4 million as a club option uh, in 2022. But still, watching these young guys try to battle for for their thunder live, so to say, in the second half will be fun to watch because, you know, Kenny Hustle and Isaiah Roby have to perform above expectation because the thunder can get out of their contracts next year. No problem at all. I mean, they don't have to pick up the 1.7 or the $2 million for Roby and Williams respectively. And they can clear up roster spots that way without adding on money to their dead cap or without adding players back in a trade. So those two guys specifically, have to continue their their hot trend. That puts a lot of pressure on them, and I want to see how they respond to that pressure because for me, I think that Isaiah Roby should be a part of this team moving forward long term. He's got to prove that, though, and continue to prove that in the second half. And so that's kind of the fun of basketball and sports in general. It's the competition within the competition. Of course, you want the Thunder to win every game or whatever. These players are also competing with themselves or, or, or just with the outside world of competing to stay on the roster in general. So watch out for those young players in the second half. Who's going to make... Uh, the most improvement, who's going to look the most sustainable, right? And and, and who might hit a wall and who might kind of dip off from their first half contributions. Of course, SGA is going to be having all the eyes on him for the rest of time in Oklahoma City. Uh, but every year after the All-Star game, there's always a breakout player. Uh, there's always a player who puts up stats and who steals headlines. And people are saying, how is he not an All-Star? SGA can be that guy this year. SGA can be that guy that comes out in the second half and lights the world on fire. And I want to see that from him in, in half number two. So coming up, we'll talk about the Thunder as a team in general, not individuals. And we're going to talk about 
the rest of the NBA and what that means for Oklahoma City. But first, I'm going to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Listen, it's March Madness. It's March, and Built Bar is having Built Bar Madness. We've been telling you about Built Bar for quite some time now. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bar is amazing. It's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on the on all bars on the outside. It's now time to find out which is the very best, though. It's Built Bar March Madness, and you can do this by going to BuiltBar.com or by going to at Built underscore Bar on Twitter. That's at Built underscore Bar on Twitter. So today's matchups are Mocha Love and Birthday Cake, and it's German Chocolate and Salted Caramel. So of these matchups right here, I'm going to have to go with birthday cake advancing over Mocha Love. Birthday cake is incredible. Get your hands on some birthday cake today. And then between salted caramel and German chocolate, this is a toughie, right? And they're going to run up into a buzzsaw in the next round between German chocolate and salted caramel. They're going to move on to take on cookie dough chunk. Spoiler alert. Man, I have to go with German chocolate. It's it's really good, and it just nearly beats out salted caramel. But that's kind of the four or five matchup in the conference tournament, right? That's kind of the, as close as it can get. You know, you cannot go wrong either way. But I'm gonna go with German chocolate in this one. Let me know your favorite Built Bar on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow Built Bar on Twitter at Built underscore Bar and go to BuiltBar.com. Remember, when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. So check out right now the BuiltBar.com madness that's happening right now and see who won today's matchup. And also, get you some of the best tasting protein bars on the market, the very best tasting protein bar on the market at billboard.com, promo code locked on 20. I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline even has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or even use your mobile device to sign up today. And whenever you sign up today, you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is go to betonline.ag and use our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. So I want to tell you about our good friends real quickly over at Chad Ford's NBA Draft Big Board. March Madness is only a few weeks away. It's actually a week away now, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get the head start on this year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Draft Big Board podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has released his Big Board 2.0 with profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and so many more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Draft Big Board wherever you get your podcasts from on the radio.com app or anywhere else on the, on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Chad Ford does a really, really good job covering the NBA draft. For this Thunder team, the biggest storyline as a team in general, right, not individual players, but as a collective unit, is going to be, will they avoid their doomsday scenario? And if you've listened to this podcast since before the season started, I told you the only doomsday scenario, the only bad outcome for this season is if you are not in the playoffs, but also not in the top five of the lottery or top four of the lottery to maximize your percentages to get Cade Cunningham. 
the only bad outcome is being in between those two things, right? It's being in the middle of not playoff type team, but also not tanking type team. And you're just kind of stuck. That's the only bad outcome. And right now they're achieving that through one half of the season. Can they get past that in either direction moving forward into the second half? Now for the rest of the teams in the NBA, you need to look at Golden State heavily, of course, because their record, if they fall 21 through 30, you get their first round pick. And they're looking to add at the deadline. They're eyeing Victor Oladipo. They're eyeing improvements. If you get an additional first-round pick in this draft with all of your other future first-round picks, that makes things very interesting in this year's NBA draft. You're going to want to watch for Washington and New Orleans as well. They're both ahead of OKC on Tankathon.com for now. But what comes next for them in the second half? Does Washington make that big surge in the play-in? Can New Orleans make that big surge in the play-on? What will they do with the play-in tournament and with the playoffs looming Will either team make that leap into that next phase of teams? And then, simply put, we go back to where we started to end, thing, to end things. What happens leading up to the deadline? How many sellers are there? How many buyers are there? Who is valuing this season? Are there teams out there that look at this season and say, you know what, contact tracing, COVID, no fans in the stands, what does winning a championship or competing for a championship in this year mean? What does it actually mean for our organization, for our fan base, for our players? What does it all mean? Why are we going to break the bank in this random year that could be taken away from us in a moment? Right? I mean, if Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons have a barbershop incident instead of right before the All-Star game, instead it's right before the playoffs, what happens then? Right? You don't know. We, we don't know what's going to happen. So will they want to buy it all, even if they're a good team? And then for sellers, how many teams leading up to the deadline lose games or win games, right? How many sellers emerge here as we enter the March 25th deadline? Because for right now, it looks like the Thunder will be one of the only teams who are comfortable selling pieces off. And therefore, the value of those players, Trevor Ariza, George Hill, Mike Muscala, Al Horford, can go up by that very nature of the only way to get better is by taking some of these players because there's no other players out there to be had. So you got to watch for that as well. It's going to be a fun second half. We're going to cover it all on Locked on Thunder, the daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from, including the radio.com app. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder.